You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. And today, we have a couple of different topics to talk about. So number one, over the weekend, we finally got the contract details from Janoris Jenkins. We also got the contract details from Matthias Farley. So we're going to go over those two contracts and tell you exactly how much cap room the Titans have now that we know all of the details from the free agent signings that we have been been waiting on and waiting on with bated breath, quite frankly. So excited to dive into where the Titans sit from a cap space angle right now. And then we will continue the Locked on Titans NFL Draft Preview as we dive into the running back position. On yesterday's show, we talked about the quarterbacks, the day one guys, the day two guys, the day three options. And we're going to do that on today's show as well with the running back position. Now, within that conversation, we are going to talk about what the Titans running back room looks like right now and where they could use some help. So we will do the conversation about the running back prospects through the lens of what the Tennessee Titans need. So I'll break down two different routes that they would have to go when looking at the prospects in this year's draft at the running back position. So excited to continue the Locked on Titans draft preview and talk Tennessee Titans salary cap on this Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it! multiple weeks we got the contract details on Jack Rabbit Jenkins over the weekend so going to update the Titans current cap situation and talk about a few recent contract details that we saw before we do always a little gentle reminder at the beginning of the show I am going to be pumping out Monday through Friday Tennessee Titans content not only during the season but all year long here on the Locked On Titans podcast no other Tennessee Titans content creator can and say that. So make sure that you never miss a daily episode by following the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Odyssey app. It doesn't matter where you get your podcast. You will find the Locked on Titans podcast there. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans as well. And check out the new Facebook page at Locked on Titans pod. But let's dive into these contract details. So number one, like I said, been waiting on Jackrabbit Jenkins and we finally got that. So ultimately, the Titans really made a one-year commitment to Janoris Jenkins. Now, based on the way the contract is structured, there would be about $3 million of dead money in 2022, but with the way the cap is expected to spike, I don't see dead cap of $3.2 million as a big deal. So, here's the full structure. It's two years, $15 million, so about $7.5 million per year, but 
The way that the Titans did the contract was they gave Janoris Jenkins Jackrabbit a $6.4 million bonus. That's going to be, or signing bonus, that's going to be spread out over two years. They kept his salary really low this season, only $1.1 million. So you take the $3.2 million in signing bonus. That's for two years. So first year, 3.2, second year, 3.2. You add in the $1.1 million of salary salary for 2021, and you're going to give yourself the 3.2 plus the 1.1, you're going to have yourself at about $4.5 million, which is what the cap hit is. Now, Jackrabbit gets a big bump in salary in 2022, up to $10 million with that bonus, so $6 million salary, $3.2 million on the second year of bonus, and you give yourselves a $10 million cap hit. So basically what the Titans are faced with is they pay Janoris Jenkins about $5 million in actual cap space used this year. Next year, it's about $10 million in cap space used. Unless they aren't happy with the results, then they can cut Jackrabbit, and it's only $3.2 million on the book, saving the Titans about $7 million. So it's not a very big financial commitment, just a little bit bigger financial commitment than what we're seeing with like Jayon Brown or some of the one-year deals that are being handed out. But for the Titans, it's much closer to the Danico Autry deal where that first year is guaranteed and then there's a little bit of bleed over into the second year in terms of guaranteed money there. So the contract is structured in a similar way just for less money. So the Jackrabbit deal, not very expensive, not a big financial commitment for an older quarter cornerback who, quite frankly, still has good football in him, though. And then finally, do want to mention here, Matthias Farley, not a very big contract for a veteran safety and a special teams player. It's going to be about a $950,000 cap hit for the Titans, so under a million dollars, just right under a million dollars. No big commitment there. It's on a one-year deal, so... Not not a big deal, but veteran safety help, special teams help made sense for the Titans. So when you take those two deals, about $6 million in cap space hit, that leaves the Titans right now with about $5 million of cap space. Remember that they will need to leave about 2 to $3 million for their draft class, depending on who they take. Remember, the draft class is going to be about 6 to $8 million in total, depending on the amount of players, but... The salary cap is determined by the top 51 salaries on your team. So when those rookies are added into the mix, some of them will kick some others out of the top 51. So it's not like the Titans are just adding cap space on. They're going to be adding cap space with the rookies, but they're going to be losing, well not losing, but they're going to be gaining some cap space by the players who will be knocked out of the top 51 salaries. So it's not a complete addition to the Titans. There is some subtraction going on as well with that draft class. So still about $5 million, honestly about $3 million. And if I know about the Titans, they like to carry some cap space into the season just in case there are additional players that become available or additional moves 
are needed. So I wouldn't expect the Titans to do much more in free agency at this moment in time and to start that focus on the draft. And speaking of focusing on the draft, that is exactly what we are going to do next on this Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Going to dive into the running back group in the 2021 NFL draft. Before we do that, do want to tell you guys about Built Bar. We just finished Built Bar figuring out who is the best tasting who which is the best tasting flavor of Built Bars and the Cookies and Cream Chunk Bar did win the title. A very good bar and if you want to try it out for yourself make sure that you go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15. That's one word LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order once again. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It is time to continue the Locked on Titans NFL Draft Preview for 2021. Yesterday, we talked about the quarterback position, and today, we are going to transition into the running back group, and I split this running back group up into two different sections, the front half of the draft options, and then the back half of the draft options, so we're going to dive into all those names. Before we do, want to remind you guys, as I always do, about the Locked on Today podcast. Basically, all of the biggest sports news you could get in the morning in under 20 minutes, like having the sports section read to you, hosted by the great Peter Bukowski from the Locked On Packers podcast, a perfect journey through all of the biggest sports stories every single morning, and it pairs up perfectly after the Locked On Titans podcast, so make sure that you check out the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast for the running back group. There are a few names that are considered first-round options. Now, obviously, the Tennessee Titans are not going to have interest and they're not going to have any value in taking a running back this early, but these are definitely running backs who the Titans could run into on the schedule going forward. Number one, my number one running back, I know there's some debate there at the top, but for me, it's Travis Etienne from Clemson. He's just an all-around running back. Yeah, he's not the big bruiser, powerful guy, but he's got all-around skills and great great receiving ability so he can be a three down running back for you and fulfill all the duties you need in the run game but also be an excellent weapon for you in the pass game so I think that because of his versatility it's going to get ETN pushed up the board and he will find himself in the first round next though my number two running back is a guy that I'm really high on as well but he just doesn't offer the all-around versatility of an ETN, and that is Najee Harris uh, from Alabama, six foot two, big bruising back. Now, he's a good receiver. I, I don't mean to knock Harris and act like Najee Harris is, um, you know, a, a, a minus in the receiving category. He's a pretty good receiver. He's a pretty good blocker, too, all-around back, but the reality is he's much more of that bruising back, that powerful runner, that bell cow running back in the Derrick Henry mold than he is going to be uh, the type of guy like a Christian McCaffrey or an Alvin Kamara type. That's more the ETN skill set. Uh, Najee Harris is more of that Derrick Henry type. Uh, now, one thing I will say about Najee is he did say that a healthy Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the NFL, and I will balk. 
I will balk at that statement, but can't take anything away from the guy. Demolished Ohio State in the national championship game. He's going to be a good bell cow runner for an NFL team needing that. Looking at the Miami Dolphins. They would make a lot of sense in the middle of the first round. The next guy here does have the ability to be a first-round running back, and some people even have him as their running back one, and that's Javante Williams from North Carolina. So he's a very strong runner. He's a tough runner. He's going to get downhill, use his size, use his strength, his tenacity. He's a decent receiver. I wouldn't say that he's anywhere close to ETN as a receiver, but he's he's not a complete minus in that phase. The one thing that I will say is he does need to improve on his blocking. He wasn't a very good blocker, and at the NFL level, that's one thing that requires a big jump from running backs. It's something that Derrick Henry still struggles with to this day. It, it's tough to deal with the, the speed at the NFL, the blitzes at the NFL, the disguise of defense. makes it very difficult to not only make the block, but identify who you need to block. So that is a, a, a point where Williams will need to improve, but again, he's a strong, tough downhill runner, can be that three-down bell cow for you. He's decent enough as a receiver, and that should make teams very, very interested in Williams if not in the late first round, but in the early second round. Next, another guy out of North Carolina, but a completely different player. We have Michael Carter. He's five foot nine. He is exactly what you would think of a satellite back, a scat back. Now, he does have some three down potential. Maybe not as small as a guy as Clyde Edwards, a layer, but with the way that teams run offense now, some of these scat backs can be utilized out of shotgun runs. And if they're utilized the correct way, they can be a three down running back. Now, I'm skeptical of Carter's ability early on to be that, but maybe as he develops into the NFL as part of a, a, a committee, he can eventually make that jump. But either way, you know you're going to have a very solid scat back and satellite back in Michael Carter who can catch passes out of the backfield and be a threat in that way on third downs. Next, you have Khalil Herbert from Virginia Tech. And admittedly, now we are starting to get into those middle round guys, third round fourth round options, maybe even fifth round options. Khalil Herbert from Virginia Tech, another guy who's five foot nine, but He's not a small five foot nine. He's a strong back. He's got good speed, and he's not the prototypical small running back like we would think with Michael Carter. He is not very agile. Doesn't have a ton of wiggle. And here's one thing to consider: he's an older running back prospect. He spent five years in college because he left Kansas mid-season to go join Virginia Tech. So that took some time during his career, and we never really got a lot of answers about why he left Kansas midseason. So his age, not having a lot of wiggle at being so, such a small size, and then those questions about leaving Kansas could have Khalil Herbert fallen through the mid-rounds. And because of that lack of wiggle, even though I think the Titans could look at a running back that type, I just don't see the fit there. But Somebody's going to take a chance on Herbert in the mid-rounds. Another guy like that is Kenneth Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell, as some like to call him, from Memphis. Incredible speed, great explosion. Now, he needs to add some strength to his frame. He is a slight guy, and he sat out 2020. Now, I don't want to knock him on that. Uh, he opted out of 2020. He had multiple deaths in his family due to COVID-19. Uh, it's hard for me to blame somebody like that, but he doesn't have a lot of production 
to look at. So you're really looking at those traits, that speed, that explosion, and thinking that you can develop parts of his game after not having a ton of production in college. The next guy is a very interesting name to me from the Titans perspective, uh, perspective and that's Demetric Felton from UCLA. So he's a, a wide receiver running back combo. Quite frankly, some NFL teams may have him listed on their board as purely a wide receiver. Um, he's got great speed, great explosion, Five foot ten can be that combo guy, but in my opinion, the Titans have a guy like Darrington Evans, maybe not quite the receiving threat that Felton is, but they have a guy like Evans who I think could fill that role. Next, you have Chris Evans from Michigan. He's another older running back, so that's really going to knock him. He had an academic suspension in his career at Michigan, and he seemed to have fallen out of favor with the coaching staff. His freshman year was his most productive year. Like I said, had that academic suspension, then only had 25 touches in 2020. Uh, He did have a good senior bowl performance as a receiver, though. So he's a guy who looks like he has all of the tools, but just was never in favor with the coaching staff at Michigan. And then that suspension, it makes you wonder about a guy who's going to be 24 by the time the season kicks off. And then we have two guys who I do think could make some sense for the Titans if they fall further enough, further enough. And that's Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. Very solid guy, good size, but here's the thing about Hubbard. He's just a workman as a running back. He doesn't have elite power. He doesn't have elite speed. Uh, He's a competent receiver, but he's not a good blocker. So, He's a guy who was productive in college, and he's very solid, but just doesn't wow you with any part of his game and has a few parts to his game that do the opposite of wow you. They worry you. So, in my opinion, if if Chippa Hubbard falls further enough, because here's the question that we have to ask ourselves. The Titans have Kari Blossom game, Jeremy McNichols, Darrington Evans, and Derrick Henry. Do they want insurance? for Darrington Evans because the Titans absolutely have to have that receiving back, that satellite back, that guy that can not only catch the ball out of the backfield but can spell Derrick Henry. They have to add that element to their offense. And Darrington Evans is perfectly suited with his skill set to do that. But would it make more sense for the Titans to get a Derrick Henry insurance policy? Because Derrick Henry is the bell cow of the offense. And if he got hurt, The Titans would be screwed, and that's why I was interested in Deontay Foreman coming back. I thought he ran very well in the Derrick Henry role, had some good speed, some good explosion at that size, but the Titans haven't done that, so it leaves me to wonder, will they look to use one of those sixth-round picks, maybe a fifth-round pick on a running back? And if they do, will they go for a Darrington Evans insurance policy or Derrick Henry insurance policy? Chuba Hubbard could be a Derrick Henry insurance policy, but this man, the next name, is the true Derrick Henry insurance policy in the mid-rounds. Fourth round, maybe fifth round if the Titans are lucky, but fourth round for me is where this guy is probably his floor is, and that's Trey Sermon from Ohio State. Spent time at Oklahoma as well. A true power back. His receiving obviously needs work, but when we're talking about a Derrick Henry insurance policy, we're, we're talking about a power back a big-bodied guy who can fulfill that Derrick Henry role and be a bell cow for the offense. And Trey Sermon most certainly, certainly could do that. So I think Trey Sermon does give the Titans... If he falls to the fifth round, they have to at least consider it. But that's going to do it for the first group of running backs. Obviously, running back is about flavor. Running back is just about 
what catches your eye and what you prefer personally. So if you guys disagree or agree with any of my evaluations, make sure to let me know on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. But we are going to move into the second group of running backs next. Before we do, do want to tell you guys about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, NHL, MLB is all in full swing. They also have odds and props on award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Make sure that you head to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device today and sign up for free. When you do, use promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. They are literally giving you free money if you use promo code Locked On at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We are going to continue the 2021 Locked On Titans NFL Draft Preview, looking at the second group of running backs, and quite frankly, these are the names that I think the Titans have a much more realistic chance of picking up. We're looking at guys that are going to be taking day three, the end of round five, probably round six, round seven, maybe, and some of these guys who I mentioned are not even going to get drafted. They are going to be uh, a priority undrafted free agents or just undrafted free agents in general, but before we dive into that, I do want to remind you guys it is is April and the Locked On NFL Network of Podcast is shifting into draft mode as we are right now. April 19th through 26th. Make sure you tune in to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more information about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. But again, as we dive into this list, It's all about what kind of flavor. Do you want an insurance policy for Darrington Evans? Do you want an insurance policy for Derrick Henry? In my mind, I want one for Derrick Henry. I want the Deontay Foreman. The Titans offense can survive without a Darrington Evans type. We've learned that. They cannot survive without a Derrick Henry type. So keep that in the back of your mind as I go through these prospects. What I think the Titans should be looking for. Again, I think the ceiling, the best possible player the Titans could come out of the draft with at the running back position that even makes realistic sense from where they will get picked is Trey Sermon. That's my number one name. But this group we're about to dive into, it's more realistic in where they would be picked. These are sixth, seventh round guys. So number one, Mississippi State. Kylan Hill, great receiving back, does have some third down potential, but locker room suspension, left the team, went to focus on the draft, Titans can't take a chance on on guys who have issues in the locker room in college. They just can't right now. They're going to be there's going to be a strong push to go away from that after what happened with Isaiah Wilson. It's an unnecessary risk to take. And even before Isaiah Wilson doesn't really fit with the Titans culture, so he's going to have to crush his uh his meetings with teams to have a chance with some of the people who put character up top for good, bad or indifferent. You have a locker room-related suspension on your hands. That's something teams are going to be wary of. Uh, From Oklahoma, 
Ramondre Stevens. Now, this guy may be viewed as a fullback at the next level. He is a strong, big-bodied, 230-pound running back. But he's a fluid receiver. So you think about a guy like a Mike Davis... Uh, Mike Davis isn't quite that big, but you you see some potential there. There is room to grow, and I think that as a potential, you know, hybrid fullback, running back, power back guy, maybe he makes sense. With the Titans having Kari Blossom game at fullback, I don't see the fit there. And one other thing to point out, Stevens did have a suspension of his own. So again, I'm going to rule those guys out as options for the Titans. Next, from Buffalo, you have Jarrett Patterson, who is your prototypical scat back, has amazing cuts, really good agility and change of direction. He does have great receiving ability, as I said, good vision, good patience, and he would fit perfectly in a zone scheme. Now, he doesn't have a lot of power to him, Patterson. Uh, He doesn't give you that Derrick Henry strength, but he fits in the scheme, and he gives you an insurance policy for Darrington Evans, so maybe that fills what the Titans are looking for. Like I said, good vision, good patience, good pace to his running, which fits in the Titans' zone-blocking scheme. Next, you have Puka Williams from Kansas. Now, he's really small, 170 pounds, very, very slight-built guy, but incredible agility, a good receiving option. Again, a Darrington Evans insurance policy. Now, one thing, he doesn't seem to follow the plays that are drawn up. He kind of freestyles when he's out there. Now, that sort of freestyle running can work when you're a speed guy and an agile guy in college, but when you're 170 pounds playing in the NFL, you're not as, you don't have the agility advantage, the speed advantage that you did in college. That could leave you in a bad spot if you aren't following the the holes that are assigned for that particular run if you aren't you know running the play as it was drawn up freestyling in the NFL isn't going to get you very far unless you are an elite elite athlete and Puka Williams just isn't that next we have Louisville's Javion Hawkins he's a very similar guy to Puka Williams a little bit bigger about 180 pounds five foot nine very quick very shifty but again guys like that in college are so used to having an athletic advantage over their competition that they tend to freestyle they tend to not follow the the charted path of the play especially in the running game And when you do that, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So I don't know if the Titans would be looking for those two guys who, you know, they would be a Darrington Evans insurance policy. But if you're not following the play as it's drawn and you're trying to freestyle, I don't think that's what the Titans will be looking for. Next, we have Louisiana Lafayette's own Trey Aragas. Very strong, powerful back, downhill runner, but... Uh, a lot to be desired when it comes to burst, when it comes to acceleration, when it comes to agility. He's going to hit the hole. He's going to run strong through the hole. He's going to run downhill. Not a lot of wiggle, not a lot of change of direction. Could be a Derrick Henry insurance policy for the Titans if they go that route. The next guy I'm very interested in, and it's Oregon's CJ Verdell in a very solid build explosive out of his cuts, which in my opinion really helps for the Titans offense. You're going to pick your hole. You're going to cut through that hole. You're going to get downhill. So he has that all to his game. Not much wiggle though. He's not going to make a lot of guys miss. He's not going to have shiftiness. But like I said, when he chooses what cut he's going to make, he's going to be explosive out of that cut, get through the hole and get downhill. Now he tends to have tunnel vision. He, he He picks the hole and he gets through it. Like I said, the explosive cuts help him there. But in the NFL, 
those holes are going to fill up a lot quicker. Oregon had a pretty good offensive line with a lot of NFL players, so those holes are going to get smaller when he maybe has to make decisions on the fly and not predetermine his hole. Is he going to struggle to be able to utilize those explosive cuts? That's something to watch. Another one from Louisiana Lafayette. We have Elijah Mitchell. He's a speed, size, combo guy. 5'11", prototypical size for a running back. The only thing is, he's not a very physical runner. Doesn't like to initiate contact. Runs with a high pad level, as Derrick Henry did at the beginning of his career. So, you you don't utilize your strength and your speed and your size when you run high like that and when you don't like to initiate contact. Can the Titans show him some Derrick Henry tape from earlier in his career? Get him to develop that part of his game and therefore he could be a cheap, uh, good insurance policy for Derrick Henry? Maybe so. Maybe so, but the next guy, the next guy I think could really fill that role for the Titans, and it is Larry Roundtree from Missouri, very solid runner, like a like I'm going to say about a lot of these guys. We're talking about the bottom of the barrel in the draft at a position that doesn't have a lot of value anyways, and with Roundtree, he's just a very solid runner, productive guy, doesn't wow you, not going to jump off the page with his explosiveness or his speed or anything like that, but he's a reliable guy, could be an insurance policy for Derrick Henry. Brendan Knox from Marshall, very strong, very reliable, doesn't have any, uh, had one fumble, I think, in his time in college, so a reliable guy, but just no high-end traits. Doesn't have great vision, doesn't have great wiggle, doesn't have great long-term speed. So I think he would be a guy who might end up as an undrafted free agent. The next guy, though, really does give me, uh, um, I guess, a lot of pause as a guy who I would take late in the draft for the Titans, and that's Gary Brightwell from Arizona. Big, physical, strong, downhill runner. Now, he's not going to give you anything. As a receiver, that's just the reality here. Uh, Tons of drops, really wasn't involved in the passing game when they tried, doesn't run routes well. He is just a big physical downhill runner. And like I said, you want an insurance policy for Derrick Henry, that's right up the Titans' alley. And he could probably have in the seventh round or as a priority undrafted free agent. So keep an eye on Brightwell. Next, we have Oregon State's Jamar Jefferson. Really good vision, really good timing. He's got good hands, so he can help as a receiver, but just no explosiveness, and that's a common thread with a lot of these guys who are regular backs. Yeah, we got guys in this group who are the scat backs, who are the receiving guys, and they got some good explosiveness, but they have holes in their game all the same. Jamar Jefferson, not a lot of explosiveness there, not a lot of acceleration, but sometimes when you have good vision, you have good timing on your runs, good pacing on your runs, especially in a zone running scheme, and he does have good hands, so without the explosiveness, he's not a complete minus as a receiver out of the backfield. Some of these guys who are taken later, remember James Robinson was one of the top running backs in the NFL last year, and he was an undrafted free agent. So a guy like Jamar Jefferson could find a way with his vision and timing to make himself a productive player in the NFL. And then finally, Arkansas's Rakeem Boyd. Uh, he's just going to take what is there, a big-bodied back. He's not going to give you any extra than what the line gets, but the Titans have a good offensive line, and maybe a guy like that makes sense for them as an undrafted free agent. But for me, like I said, Trey Sermon in that first group, Chubba Hubert in that first group do make a little bit of sense. Demetric 
Felton, I think, does make a little bit of sense whether the Titans want a Derrick Henry insurance policy or a Darrington Evans insurance policy. At the bottom of the list, I like a guy like Gary Brightwell. I also like a guy like Larry Roundtree, but that's going to be very, very late in the draft, and if they do want a Darrington Evans kind of receiving back, uh, Kylan Hill, Puka Williams, Jarrett Patterson, all could be on the table, especially Jarrett Patterson, who really fits in a zone run scheme, but that's going to do it for the guys who I've pinpointed make sense for the Titans in different sections of the draft, depending on exactly what they are looking for. Tomorrow, Tomorrow, it's time to dive into the wide receiver group, which is obviously a major need and a major position to watch for the Titans. So make sure you don't miss that and follow the Locked On Titans podcast wherever you get your podcast. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans. <laughs>